Men of low moral fiber. Choo choo choo. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. This is how I saw episode two. <laughs> and I know who you talk about, man. <laughs> Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. And I'm Kurt Reynolds. Dare do that. Double down, no. <laughs> we need to give a parental advisory for this. Clicking furiously on my mouse. Uh, <laughs> eat, eat the paella. Question's <laughs> hot. All right, everybody. Let's get swifty. That was cool. That was fun, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Oh. Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that's always what it seems and would never lie to you, especially if we were secretly stuck in an alternative timeline and couldn't possibly get out. Don't go to the island. Don't go to the island. Oxen-free episode, inside joke, I guess, there. But yeah, you know, it's Halloween month, Halloween time, season, uh, tis the season, and this is definitely a Halloween-type episode. So is Oxen-free, so go ahead and play that. It's like a quick four-hour game, and it's spooky as hell. Anyway. I'm your host, Ben Helms, and with me, as always, is my poetry writing, heartstring pulling, doki doki replaying co-host and big brother, Jason Helms. How's it going, man? Jason Helms with oh. like two or three L's. It's spooky for Halloween. I wonder if that'd be a Twitter thing if The Simpsons didn't exist. No. All their treehouse horror episodes. Yeah, I don't think it would. Matt graveyard graining or whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, wait, so today, uh, oh, it's inside yeah, real yeah. here. The, the most famous person I've ever met. That's is, not true. Is Lisa Greening? That is not true. How could there be any more famous person? She doesn't, she's not even in the show. She is Lisa. She's not though. I had lunch with her before I knew who she was. <laughs> Fantastic. Lisa's based on her loosely. I, she fills me with so much hope. All right, you you've met J Lo. You've met Robin Williams. Yeah. You've met. Do we meet? I, Matt I stand by Lisa Greening. Uh, maybe the person of most import. Fair enough. All right. Anyway, today we're talking about the 2017 smash hit Doki Doki Literature Club. Uh, it's just in time for Halloween uh, because it's uh, super freaky, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, definitely one of the most just kind of subversive to the idea of video games as a whole yeah. uh, games that I've ever played. What about you? Yeah, it is definitely a video game Um about video games and particularly about anime and Japanese visual novels. Uh, so yeah. about a particular kind of subset of video games. Yeah, very meta, um, very cool. And we should say kind of right now from off the top, trigger warnings ahead. Lots. Uh, Lots. So and, suicide, anxiety, depression, yeah. uh, violence. Um, any any type of abuse, really. Yeah. I'd say there's also some weird gender dynamics going on. Yes. We'll get into it in a bit. But because of the meta stuff going on, it's it's really tough to figure out exactly what statements are being made. So we'll jump into that and talk about it uh, as we get into it. Uh, but first, uh, should we start with the development? Yeah. First, let me just say we're gonna yeah we're gonna start off with development, then we'll get into our gameplay. Those will probably leak together because there's yeah. not like a 25 year history like a lot of the games we do. Then of course we'll play a delightful round of <laughs> maybe a depressing round of what's the beer, what's the song. Uh, we'll talk about what else we've been playing because I just got a Nintendo Switch and I've been playing a lot of amazing things. Yay! And we'll talk about next month's game, which we need to figure out in the next 45 minutes before we get to that segment. Uh, and then we will end the show, I think. Right? Dude, dude, I've already been playing next month's game. Wow. we got Steam codes. Boom. Genius. Well, we figured it out. That was quick. All right. So development. Uh, Dan Salvato. What do you know about the man? Uh, not much. He okay. was a modder. Uh, for Super Smash Brothers. Yep. Um, designed a bunch of levels for what was it again, Ben? Uh, Super Mario Maker. Yes, so that's right. Levels that you can make for, and, and other people can can play the levels. So he had kind of a cult following in certain kind of deep nerd video game sections. Yeah, deep web. deep nerd web. And uh, he worked on this game in secret for two years, three years, two years. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of re- released it randomly, and and, and just kept releasing it on different platforms. Release released it. We should say September. Uh, last year, 2017. Yeah. So we're basically, actually, we played it on the one year anniversary. Uh, oh, yeah. Nice. Did we really? Uh, we, it, I think it was the day after. Because uh, wow. I went to look for other, tw- it, it recommended a bunch of other Twitch teams, and it was all Dan Salvato That's playing funny. Doki Doki Literature Club on the one year anniversary. Wow. It's like, oh, well, we almost got it right. Oh, we, sh- we should say that but we, we did Twitch the game, the, at least the original, I guess, four hours of the game, which is probably like a, what, seven, eight hour game total? If you play through oh, all the different I'd guess five, five or six. Oh, okay, so we almost did the whole thing. Okay, we just yeah. didn't know. We were like, I guess we're done, I think. Yeah. And then Jason um, kept playing the game. But 
Um, we we twist that, and I'll I'll put the link in the show notes of of how people can go back and laugh at us playing through that. Yeah, our first experiments in Twitch. We'll have to spend a moment talking about that. In yeah, too. But first, let's talk more about the development because he, yeah. he spent two or three years on it. I I think one thing that jumps out is that this is a really involved game for what is basically a one person project. Yeah, I mean it's it's a lengthy game. There's a lot of dialogue. There are a lot of different options. It's got a a good amount of replayability. Uh, and even expectation of replayability um, and the music. Um, I love music so much. I bought the soundtrack. So and we should say that Dan was the writer, designer, developer, composer, programmer. Like he did. I don't say everything because he did have a team of people, um, but it, it was pretty much all him. Right. He did. Except for he things did not that he sing out. vocals on, uh, on all the his songs. Song. Ah, OK. Fair enough. Uh, that, that would be a, a big one that jumps out. I'm sure there's other things he didn't do as well. Sure. And it's a, a really interesting game. He talked, I uh, read some interviews with him. Uh, he talked about this being kind of a response to his love-hate relationship with anime. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of that comes through. And I, I I should have listened to, you know, watched his hours and hours of Twitch streams and stuff to really get a good handle on it. Sure. Uh, but I'm not certain exactly what the love-hate relationship is. So lay out a couple things about the game. Uh, th- like we said, they're going to blend together the uh, development and gameplay. Yeah. Um, and we could talk about our love hate with anime as well, because I'm yeah. sure there's there's some connection there as well, or some Absolutely. similarities. So you play as a uh, you can make up the name of your character, uh, but you are a high school boy um, who uh, has a best friend, Sayori, who is uh, just the best. Yeah, a, a Japanese schoolgirl, as are all of the characters in their right. Japanese schoolgirl uniforms, of course. And uh, they're all hypersexualized. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. In, in a variety of ways and often falling into various tropes within uh, Japanese schoolgirl anime styles. And also just within like young adult novel tropes yeah. as well. A lot of like Twilight type things that, that you're jumping out like, oh, that just seems like a very unrealistic thing for a human to say, but something that like every 14 year old heterosexual boy would love to hear. Yes. Yes. Um, lots of uh, that kind of fantasy stuff. Um, so based on that is the i think he really does love these genres and gets into the stories and cares about uh you know ooh, i i, I want to see who's connecting with who i i love the uh soap operaness of it but at the same time i think the my own take on it would be that the sexualization of high school girls is a little bit upsetting and that most of these characters are pretty you know two-dimensional or one-dimensional or, or whatever it is they're they're flat they're reduced in some way and yeah. so which again is hard to say how intentional that was, right? Well, I, I think it's it's intentional for for one big reason that I that I want to jump into oh, next, okay. which is um, he discovers some ways to flesh them out. And so what happens is we've got Sayori, uh, the protagonist's best friend, who is part of the the Doki Doki Literature Club. Then Monica is the club's president. Yuri is the club's vice president. Uh, she's very goth. Natsuki is into manga, and she is somebody else in the club those are the four main characters <laughs> i love um, your description that's thank you thank you she is another person in the another club. Yep, person. that's true <sighs> natsuki is i love natsuki she's, she's just tough. really tough to sum up uh, in a lot of ways um she's resistant to stereotyping well she's uh, uh i mean she's they make fun of her being short she's very mousy and small features yep and that ends up being a big part of her kind of secret underlying thing her birth the th- what would that be um her third dimension i guess right yeah. that's kind of hidden yeah the the extra dimension we get is that each of these characters has some darkness uh yeah. sayori is uh depressed and suicidal yuri uses self-harm as a way of dealing with the world natsuki is malnourished because her family doesn't have enough money for food but also all of those play into they're not just kind of like random depressive thoughts. They are I mean, Siori is your best friend, your closest I mean, she's you've known her since you were kids. You know, you're the closest with her and she's secretly uh thinking about you know, has suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideation. Right. Which you would never guess, but you'd think that, you know, the people around her would know that, but obviously she's been hiding that. Yuri, who's the goth one, dark, mysterious, all her poems are these really like dark and like Halloween like uh, poetry, and she's the one who struggles with cutting. And Natsuki is the one who brings cupcakes to the first day and is talking about food. I think multiple times throughout, and she's the one that it's not uh, anorexia, but it's just low income and can't afford food. Is was that? What I think it so, if I remember right. Okay. Um, I was, at that point in the game, I was playing through pretty quickly to get to the end because I was sure. very uh, excited to find out what happened. And that's totally, totally. 
the biggest twist is Monica, who you can tell right. pretty early on uh, that she's very controlling, she's manipulative. She's the president of the club. Yeah, that's not her dark secret. Her dark secret is that she realized she was in a video game. Yeah. And so this is how the characters get fleshed out. They actually get fleshed out from within the two dimensions. Right. Um, not, not with additional factors kind of added on, the ones that we've already alluded to. Um, what is the, the existential crisis that each of these people are, are reacting to? Why is Sayori depressed? Why is Yuri cutting? You know, these kinds of things. At some root, none of them believe that the world is real. They feel like reality just doesn't quite work. And Monica is the one who actually figured it out and said, oh, because we're in a video game. And so she uses that to then manipulate you as a player into uh, playing again and again until you end up with Monica and only Monica forever. Uh, And in fact, there's a sequence later on as the uh, other characters are slowly getting killed off and then erased from history like they never existed where uh, you've got your option of uh, who are you going to help out to to plan this big party? Are you going to help out, uh, you know, Sayori's dead uh, and doesn't exist anymore? Are you going to help Yuri or Natsuki? Uh, oh, Yuri's dead. Are you going to help out Natsuki or Monica? Forget Natsuki. Uh, it's just Monica. And all of a sudden, the option of Monica shows up like five times on your screen. Yikes. Oh, at one point when it's Natsuki and Monica, as you pull the mouse down to Natsuki, the cursor scrolls back up to Monica repeatedly, and it just keeps moving That's away from you. fantastic. Yeah, and, and if wow. you can click on Natsuki, the entire screen fills up with, with little Monica bubbles that you can click on. Wow. Uh, and that's when it starts getting real glitchy. Wow. One of the things that Monica does is she actually plays with the files that make up the game. Well, this is the coolest part to me, I think. Yeah. This is, I mean, meta, but still, just the fact that it's getting out of the, the game's UI and into yeah. the, the, the load screen. Yeah, so first time you play the game, you uh, typically, it depends on kind of how you play it, but typically you end the game the first time by discovering that Sayori has committed suicide. And then when you replay the game, Sayori is not in the game. So on the main load screen, her character is there, but she is distorted and pixelated and glitchy. Mm. And none of the characters seem to remember her. Well, if you look into the files, there's actually a folder uh, in the game files called characters. And there's four files there. Monica.chr, Sayori.chr, Yuri.chr, Natsuki.chr. And after the first playthrough, Sayori.chr is deleted. So I kind of caught that. I knew there was something to do with uh, manipulation. I actually ran across it by accident because I was trying to play on a different computer and I was trying to figure out where my save files were. Nice. Uh, That's awesome. Spoiler alert, they're nowhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't play on they, multiple computers in, yeah. in any kind of easy way. Well, after the first playthrough, they're all deleted anyway. Yeah. And it gets really messy. Um, it, it deletes all of your saves after you play through once. Yeah. Um, even after reminding you to save multiple times, which is I really love fun. That. I love that. We saved so many times, and it didn't matter. <laughs> right. It matters. So as soon as I figure this out, I deleted Monica's character. Oh, nice. So when I get to this last scene, she goes, wait, where's, where's my character file? What did you do? And I missed out on a whole thing where if you don't delete her character, I didn't get that ending. Yeah. Because I deleted her kind of too early. Yeah. Right. So there's this additional ending that I missed that I wouldn't watch the video of where uh, Monica sits there. She deletes all the other character files. So it's just Monica. And yes. she actually shows you on the screen. You can see her uh, kind of a command slowly deleting them. Yeah. Deleting files. And these aren't actual character files. These are just triggers for the game code. Right. 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 Um, I'm basically, to, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the files contain almost no there's information whatsoever. Yeah. Um, they, they could be anything. I think it just looks for a file called right, Monica.chr. Right, right. Okay, uh, but they are real files uh, that yeah. really exist on your computer. That's so cool. Uh, and so through the command line, she deletes them. Uh, and so she just sits there and says, uh, "Hey, it's good. Now it's just you and me, and we can just sit and talk. What do you want to talk about?" Jeez. And she's talking not to the character, but to the player. To the at this player. Point. To the player. That's the best part. And if you leave it and close it, because you can't do anything, and you you quit and you come back, she goes, "Hey, hey, good to see you again." Um, Sorry, I don't know where you went. Uh, I lost you for a second. That was kind of scary. Uh, anyway, it's really good to have you back. Uh, what do you want to talk about? And she, there's like some repeating code oh, that comes back. Terrifying. She remembers every time you close it and remarks on it. Wow. Um, which is really a, a cool effect. Yeah. Um, so then you delete the Monica file. You go through an entire kind of um, playthrough and slowly you can actually get back all the original character files and you can play through it without Monica. And now the game starts over. And the opening of the game, which you have now seen, you know, half a dozen times, is you leave your your house to head to school, and your best friend uh, or your oldest friend Sayori is there, 
and she walks to school with you. But this time she says, hey, I started a new club, the Doki Doki Literature Club. I'm the president. It's like, no, oh, she's never been the president before. And suddenly by the end of the game, you realize that she is basically the new Monica. And she is starting to manipulate people. Wow. She took over. Yeah, it gets a little bit dark there. Uh, Yeah, a little uh, bit. A little bit. There is a song during the closing credits uh, that's kind of beautiful. And so what happens is Sayori takes over and Monica stops her and says, no, I'm not going to let you do this to to the player. I need to protect them. And, and I, I understand that it can't just be me. Like I've, Monica has gone through this journey of realizing that she was possessive and that she had been driven insane. And now she just wants to protect you and won't let Sayori hurt you. And so, and won't let Sayori hurt anyone else. So then the screen goes black and you hear, Hey, hi. Um, and by the way, first off, there have never been any voiceovers in this entire game. Oh, I was going to say, I assumed it was subtitles. No, you literally hear through your speakers. What? Hey, hey um, hey, can, can you hear me? What? And at this point, this game has glitched so much, and I've deleted files, and I've moved stuff around. Yeah. I'm literally in my room. Nobody's around. I kind of look both ways, and I go, Hello? Yes. <laughs> and I'm assuming there is no way that the game knew that or cared or anything. Wow. Oh. Okay, um, hey, uh, well, I just, uh, it's Monica, I just, uh, I'm glad that you're okay, and I wrote you a little song. No. No. And then she sings okay. the song, and it's, it's the song that you've been hearing the whole time, the Doki Doki Literature Club theme song. Doki Doki, right? Right. But now it's got lyrics, yes. and it's reminiscent of all the poetry you've done throughout the game. It's beautiful, and don't worry, Ben, you already have to edit it into the closing of, Perfect. Uh, Perfect. later on, so... Get excited. You will get to listen to this. And it's an incredibly meta. The name of the uh, song, song is called Your Reality. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> can you hear me? Can you hear me? Are the first lines of the song. I, I uh, think you get why we have so much trouble pinning down exactly where Dan Salvato kind of lines up on all this. Yeah. Is it's a really ambiguous game. And I, I think that that's a positive about it. But I think you could also say to, to what extent does it kind of profit off of those tropes and the sexualization of high schoolers? uh to to bring you into this story uh while still being critical of them yeah man i don't know how we can get into that just i mean we can't when doesn't we've talked about this this before right the triangle the three a's when it comes to art there's the art the audience and the artist Mm -hmm. and how do you when you're i guess analyzing everything you're reading into it how how much weight do you give each of those three things right you want to be part of me is like whatever the artist wants sometimes i'm feeling that way really depends on what the art is and, and how how i'm feeling that day because I, I like to give 33% to each of those. Um, but sometimes you can if you don't know what the artist intended, right? If you're walking through a museum and you see this really offensive painting or something, something that strikes fear into your heart, maybe. I mean, you have no idea what the artist meant to do with that. You can't know completely, at least. Uh, and then the audience. Me seeing art versus Hannah seeing art versus you experiencing it. We're all going to experience it in different ways. So part of it doesn't matter what Dan intended. It's how it's, it's what it is and it's how it's received are just as important. Yeah. I think with this particular work, uh, that side of the triangle is the one that disappears the most, uh, which is odd. The, the, uh, artist, Artist, uh, which is odd because it's, uh, kind of an auteur video game where it's one guy, right. But the art itself is speaking to the audience in a very literal way, right? One of the characters realizes that they're in a video game has a conversation with the person playing the video game. Multiple conversations. Yeah. Uh, so it, it really is those two edges that are the most, uh, that this game is most interested in. So the song ends, how can I write love into reality if I can't hear the sound of your heartbeat? What do you call love in your reality? And in your reality, if I don't know how to love you, I'll just leave you be. Mm. <laughs> uh, you have a virus on your computer now. Yeah. It's also a game about <laughs> escapism. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and the way that we escape into video games. And we're seeing the relationship as mostly one sided with a video game character in love with the the player. But I think the reverse is probably what usually goes on, where people are so in love with uh fantasy characters that they don't experience real life. Uh and I do think it is one of those games that pushes you to go out and enjoy your life and, and spend time there and realizing, you know, kind of separating yourself from video games and saying, Okay, they're they're just out there and really the interest of the song is what is your reality, right? Pushing you back into your world. Oh, do you know what Doki Doki means? It's an onomatopoeia for yep. kissing. 
Oh, I, well, it's sort it? of, it's for a heartbeat, but it can heartbeat, be used for right. like any that's exciting right. thing. Yes. To, yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah. For a racing heart, basically. Uh, in Japanese, most onomatopoe- onomatopoeias are um, repeating. Say the same thing twice. Doki doki. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember any others off the top of my head, but sure, I swear sure. I used to know some. Sure. Uh, uh, so Doki Doki Literature Club is free. Um, it's actually not free, though. It's pay what you want. And so one way to do that is the soundtrack is available through Steam for 10 bucks. Uh, that's kind of a, an obvious way to pay what you want. You also get access to some uh, art files. If you like the game, I'd encourage you to go do that. Put some money in Dan Salvato's pocket. Uh, okay, so any more, I guess before we just talk about our, how we felt playing the game, uh, any more development or kind of meta stuff you want to, want to cover? No, I, I, I think we can get into how, how we started playing the game. And, and I think one thing I'd like to kind of start with is the process that you had playing the game because you didn't play the game. You watched me play it and, and commented through Twitch. And I think you lost a lot through that. Yeah, not ideal for this type of game. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing to say that, because um, there's not much gameplay, right? I'm pressing space for 99% of the time. Not a big puzzle dependency chart made for this one. Right. But just pressing space really involves you in the game. Sure. It's amazing the extent to which that, that involvement exists. And I saw it because of the way that you were less connected to the game than I was during for the sure. Twitch. Oh, in the first hour and a half, I was like, wait, who's Natsuki again? Wait, yeah. Suri, who, Yuri's the dark one. With the Okay, you yeah, got it. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think that's totally true. And I, I mean, there's lag for sure. And so I wasn't catching all the speech bubbles here and there. But uh, yeah, I think overall, it, I was bored for the first yeah. two hours of the game. And we had one person, we had like 15, 20 people watching us, but we had one person like constantly commenting. And he's like, wait, this is your first, this is your first playthrough. I got to watch this. Yeah, which was entertaining little side game, side chat. Uh, but basically, he, we kept commenting to each other, but commenting to him, like, we keep expecting, like, one person to be the ringleader, right? Yeah. Because we grew up on American horror movies, we're expecting, like, one person to be the killer, or, or it's like Scooby-Doo classic thing, right? Uh, and so, I think I was, I wasn't giving the credit to the game that it ended up earning, of the just kind of the deleting the files, the like Monica deleting other people. And I thought the, the suicidal ideation, the cutting, the, the, the murderous stuff was the twist. Yeah. And it, that was definitely not the twist. No. So when we got that, I was like, Oh man, that's really dark. Doesn't really comment or doesn't really change my opinion of video games or characters or anything. And all, it wasn't really subverting anything like I had heard it had in a spoiler free way. Right. I, I, yeah. So I think I was more just kind of confused and a little like a little disappointed in the game. And then obviously I didn't get to play the final two, three hours that really got into the craziness. It was a game like you'd never played before. So definitely did a lot of research, watched a lot of YouTube videos to kind of catch up on that and see what I'd missed. But yeah, definitely was a little disconnected compared to what you were going through. Yeah. And I'd say the uh, the deaths really were shocking, which is weird because, again, those aren't the real twists. Right. Um, but the two, I, I seriously can't remember Natsuki's death. Um, I feel terrible about that now. Um, <laughs> you can Google but it. The uh, Sarah's death was was really. I mean, I I remember that moment. And I watched it on Twitch again to to see us reacting to it, with, oh. which was both of us just going, "Oh, <sighs> oh no, no, no!" We knew it. We knew it was happening. <gasps> yeah. I mean, there's so much foreshadowing. It's obvious the, ten minutes before, but you couldn't stop it. And when it hits, yeah. it's not a jump scare. It's just a, a, a you know shot to the heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But you're too late. Yeah, good one. You give Thank love you. a bad name. Uh, so, but the other one, uh, Yuri, you really do not see coming. Uh, so, you're, Sayori, you discover uh, she's hanged herself, and you did see it coming in a lot, of, yeah. a lot of ways. In fact, you saw it coming earlier. Yuri, you've seen evidence that she's been cutting. Uh, you know that she's got a knife. For two different reasons, depending on how you play the game, they both end up with her committing suicide, still with her stabbing herself. Yeah. And... Um, you're not it, it, at the time. It felt more like maybe she's going to hurt someone else. Yeah. Yet when it happens, it's it's like mid sentence. Oh, gosh. It's just and so and then she pulls out a knife and just stabs herself twice. And she doesn't either because she's depressed because you're like confronting her or you're not you don't love her or whatever, or she's doing it because you want to be with her and you love her and she's so excited. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the one I got, that's... which was terrifying because she's <laughs> grinning. Terrifying. Uh, and yeah. so then the, the game uh, glitches and you yeah. end up. With her, and the uh, the only thing you notice is that the light in the room changes slowly. 
to show that days are passing. And I kept thinking that something was broken, which is weird because it's a game that keeps glitching intentionally. And right. I was like, there's got to be something I'm doing. I'm pressing all the buttons. What am I supposed to do? Because uh, it, I don't know, takes, it's probably only two or three minutes, but it feels like oh, forever. It's supposed to be, yeah, three days pass, and I'm sure it feels like it. Um, there's there's lots of fun glitching between then and there where they're coming in and talking in their, their cute, um, kind of stylized, stereotypical ways. And yet then all of a sudden, you know, the good-natured fighting that you see between uh, Yuri and Natsuki, for example, yeah. right? Uh, Yuri is is very uh, intense, and Natsuki is very, like, frivolous in some ways, but they're both intense in other ways, and they, they get in these little fights. And so the first time through, it's like, no, I like my poetry this way. No, I like my poetry that way. Right. Oh, it's kind of cute. This time they're having the same fight, but then in between, it'll glitch, the font will change, it'll say, fuck you, Natsuki, this is the way it is. Jeez. And it's like, what now? I'll kill you. I'll cut off your head. I, mm, Yuri, what now? I don't. Wow. And then just coming, cutting right back to like everything being sweet. And it's like, it's really troubling. Wow. I mean, yeah, we, we need to talk also about just the idea. Uh, we talked about kind of, I think during the trigger warning section of the show. <laughs> yeah. This is a dark episode uh, of the relationship dynamics, right? The fact that you are a man playing this game. Uh, the character is a man and playing this game with four women. And you have at least. And maybe this isn't, I was going to say, you have control to basically make people kill themselves or make people change their lives forever in these dark, dark ways. And I guess the twist on that is that Monica is in control. Exactly. That's what I wanted to say earlier when you were talking about how it's all about you having control. It's like, it's not. The entire game is actually about how you lack control. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's, a, that's a nice subversion there, I guess. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, it, I did feel weird for two weeks until I realized it had these additional two hours. These two weeks of just like, Yes, that was a weird twist, the suicide, but it was also, it was dark and all that, but it made me feel uncomfortable being a man controlling women that way. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm glad that it, I mean, it still doesn't make me feel comfortable. I'm glad that it at least is commenting on that fact and said like, no, 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 you didn't do anything. It has nothing to do with that. It's, it's Monica's the one in control. Yeah. uh, We also didn't talk about the mini game. Uh, There's a kind of repeating mini game throughout it where you have to write poetry. And so each time you write write a poem, uh, you choose from like 10 words on a list. And which one do you think basically, you slowly figure out that some of these are going to appeal more to some members of the Doki Doki Literature Club. Were you right, by the way? Is that if they jump? Yes. Oh, nice. And it gets even better because after Sayori's dead, if you click Sayori words, so she's not on the screen. You've yeah. got these three little icons, super deformed icons uh, of, the, of the main character. So now Sayori's dead, you've only got two, right? Yuri and Natsuki. If you, unlike the third page of it, uh, one of the words is just glitched out. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's not a word there. And I clicked on that one to really find out what would happen. Yeah. And all of a sudden, everything starts to get a little glitchy. And then it, after that, if you find... Um, there, so Yuri words are like uh, graveyard and yeah. um, longing and passion. Right, right, right. And uh, Natsuki words are like... Um, peanut butter. Puppies, peanut butter, <laughs> puddles. <laughs> And Sayori is like this wild card where she's got like a lot of intense emotions, um, yeah. but it could go either way. Yeah. Uh, but something that's just a little bit kind of to the left of either of those. Yeah. So Sayori's are always the toughest to find. Well, okay. So after she's gone and you glitch and you've only got the two main characters there, but now they're glitching a little bit. They'll still jump if you pick theirs. If you find a Sayori word, you see the top of Sayori's head as she bounces up from the bottom of the screen. Oh. But she's just off screen. Yikes. So yeah. she's like six feet under basically. Yeah. Yeah, but you can see wow. the top of her head as she bounces up. Oh, wow. That's um, good. That's yeah. so dark. So it's it it's it's a really interesting game. Jeez. But yeah, that's about the level of control you get, which is not which not is to say not lot. very much. Yeah, yeah. True. So overall feelings on the game. I wish I had played it through, obviously. We played I mean it was like two AM when we finished playing to on the twi- the Twitch stream for you. So we couldn't have kept playing, but I guess I wish that I had played it myself, right? Yeah. I wish I wish that we twitched Last month's game or next month's game. This wasn't a good one for me to watch you play. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been interesting to have two separate experiences playing this because of because there are so many different paths to play it. Well, by next year, you will have forgotten it. Yeah. Um, I hope you sit down and play through it again. Yeah, um, d- definitely. It'd be, it'd be fun, a fun one uh, maybe to play through with Hannah or something like that because it, it does have some interesting story elements. Um, but it's also just a fun one to play through again, especially once you forget who's who. For sure. Yeah, good call. All right. What's the beer? Let's do it. Sweet. This game's pretty fun. You with 
frustration when I was older. I just had to question what's the beer, what's the song. I can't always tell. I just wanna know what game is Westy 12. Alright, what's the beer, Jay? Uh, I chose Rogue Morimoto Imperial Pilsner. Oh, nice. I chose it for a couple reasons. So first off, the, the easy, obvious one is Doki Doki Literature Club is an American approximation of a ju- uh, Japanese genre. And so that's what Morimoto Imperial Pilsner is, is not just a Pilsner, uh, which is, you know, a German beer, and not a, an American Pilsner, but an American version of Japanese Pilsners, which are a distinct style with, you know, Asahi and Sapporo being kind of typical examples of that style. Uh, and then to take that and go over the top, like the idea of Imperial Pilsner is almost ironic. Right. That's, that's just like an IPA, basically. Right. Except it's not. You still have to keep it really crisp. Like it's a really tough thing to go after um, because you the idea of balance, the idea of the hops not coming too far forward, the idea of malt being still forward, forward but still being crisp. Pilsner. Yeah. How is it different than a pale ale? I, it's, it's, I would say it tasted nothing like a pale ale because it, it does not have that. The, the, the hops? It is somewhere, it's not syrupy, and it's not hoppy. I, that much malt without syrup is a really odd thing. Weird. Um, so it's just like bready kind of? Yeah, kind really of malt. Bready. Very okay. bready. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I don't usually like Pilsners, but man, I like this. This was really fun. But the reason why I don't like Pilsners, and probably you too, is because they're usually, because it's watery. Yeah. They're like yeah, super this thin. Is the this right. is like the most Pilsner. So I, got I don't think but, I've ever had it. That's the other comparison I, I'd make to it is uh, JRPGs, or not JRPGs, uh, Japanese visual novels would probably not be either of our typical styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is kind of leaning further into the style to say something about the style. Yeah. In the same way that the beer does. Like, just go imperial. Go all the way with it and try to make it the most Pilsner it can be. Try to make it the most Japanese visual novel it can be by just breaking the genre itself from inside. Dude, I gotta check that out. Nice. Uh, I went with Widmer Hef. Which was one of the first uh, craft brew, or I guess micro brews, I ever had. Uh, and it, yeah, really good. Just kind of like a classic American half. But it's also secretly part of the craft, or maybe not secretly. It's a part of the craft brew alliance along with Red Hook, Kona Brewing, Omission, a couple other companies. Uh, but the secret part is that uh, Anheuser-Busch has some seats on their board i did not know that yes and they also help out with distribution and a couple other things and have they own parts of each of those companies red hook they actually i think own all of red hook or almost all of it wow. um so yeah it's it's a fine beer but in in that way of the subversion of the game it was kind of you know it's a beer that i'll never drink again uh but also it's a beer that has has some secrets even though it's yeah. nice and sweet on top Be- being manipulated from within exactly exactly uh, all right song i'm going all right go for it i went with an, an oldie but a goodie uh, i think it's from like 2004 Oh, so old. Uh, Blindsides Shakina. Uh, this is a Swedish post-hardcore metal band that was one of my favorite bands in like eighth grade. Uh, but yeah, ended up they had a couple hits in like 2003, 2004. Pitiful is probably their biggest hit. Uh, but yeah, this song is not any of that. It's like this slow ballad with these like reverbed female vocals. It's big and haunting. It has this really slow drum beat to it. Overall, just like really accessible musically. Uh, it's most of the song is in Swedish because it's a Swedish band. Uh, but the lyrics, I looked them up today for the first time because just listening to the song, I was like, oh, this reminds me of this game because it has like haunting female lyrics. Uh, and they are strange to say the least, but let me just read the last little bit to you. Uh, and it is, and I, I think also because they're not super specific to you're playing a video game or whatever, you know, they're not saying exactly what I did. They're haunting just like the poetry that Yuri wrote, but also it's kind of commenting like your reality did. Uh, Like joy was something you could touch. I wrap it around me like a blanket. It's just you, me, and the moon. Uh, It's just you, me, and moon. I know you're always throwing kisses from the sky. Well, tonight I caught one 16 years old. I dare to swim further out. I know you're always throwing kisses from the sky. Well, tonight I caught one. So all of that imagery combined with the haunting vocals and the fact that this is a post-hardcore band that yeah. you can hear the song in the background right now. It's, this is not a post-hardcore song, at least stereotypically. This is a very slow, and there's strings, and just, yeah, a beautiful, slow ballad. Um, definitely stands out from the rest of their songs, just like this very stands cool. out like a, from a lot of the games in the genre. So, yeah. What do you got? Um, what do I got? I, I bought the soundtrack, man. What more do you want from me? I've been all listening to it all week. Your reality? Boom. 
Uh, no, okay, okay, fine. Uh, I'll actually pick a different one. Oh, okay. Um, you've done that before, too. Yeah. I think you've done that more with alcohol. We're like, I picked the beer that Henry found by the lake in Firewatch. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, nice. so I'll resist it this time. Okay. I went with uh, Coheed and Cambria because you've got it on my oh. mind after best, best Album Ever. Thank you, Nick. The song I chose was Apollo 1, colon, The Writing Writer. Oh, nice. Okay. Off of Coheed and Cambria's Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. There is no more prog rock title oh my than gosh. a Coheed and Cambria title. Right. And I kind of love it. Uh, the colons, the commas, all within the title. And so, a little bit of background. Uh, you covered the album before this. Uh, what was the name of that one? Uh, it was In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth, colon 3. Colon 3. <laughs> yep. Which, by the way, is their second album. Yes. Even though colon 3 is in there. Yeah. Uh, and Coheed and Cambria are fictional characters within their universe. Yes. Um, so, Coheed and Cambria, weird prog rock uh, metal band um, that I love and I think are really fun. Yeah. And my favorite album is Good Apollo and Burning Star 4. So, the album you covered on Best Album Ever uh, and Keeping it Secrets of Silent Earth 3. 3. Um, it, it it's following this uh this narrative of part of the amory wars and there's space opera and lasers and brothers and sisters and fighting and serial killers and murder and it's it's great it's interesting all right so in good apollo on burning star 4 they zoom back a level and that album is about the person writing oh yeah the previous albums yeah or writing the comics that make up the previous albums but writing their world Yes, writing their world. Uh, and actually, I don't think he's making a comic. He's writing a novel. Oh, okay. Um, the, there is a comic about him writing the novel to really and get this messy. The best part, I think I mentioned it in the, in the episode with Nick, but yeah. is that the, or I don't know if you were going to mention this, the, the guy, the lead singer who writes all the stories, his name is Claudio. Yep, Claudio ma- Sanchez. One of the main characters, actually Coheed and Cambria's son, is Claudio. Claudio Kilgannon. And the writer is obviously a version of Claudio also. So and th- also named Claudio Sanchez. Oh, is oh my god! I believe I so. I I think I'm trying to remember right. I think it's Claudio wow. Sanchez uh, is the alter ego in there. Um, and so within the the good Apollo section of it, uh, we've got wars going on. We've got things going on, and um, we've, we're also cutting back to Claudio Sanchez writing the novel about this as he realizes he has to kill one of his favorite characters. He doesn't want to do it. He's resisting that. That's cool. And so finally, it gets a lot darker than that. He has to kill her because she broke his heart in real life, the person he based her on. Uh, And it's very gross and kind of violence against women that I'm not a big fan of. Um, But again, similar ironies as this game. Anyway, so he has to, in this song, Apollo 1, the writing writer, this is the moment where he enters decides he has to enter their universe. And he literally creates a magic portal in which he inserts himself into the novel. Some lines from it. In my presence, you might wake. Through this fiction, I must fake your death to grace the face of my character. It's, again, happening kind of the opposite direction uh, from the metafiction that's happening within Doki Doki Literature Club, but a similarly meta thing. What have you been playing? I can finally say that I've been playing another game. I actually added a member to our family this past month, and I found time to still play video games somehow because my wife is a saint. Uh, but yeah, I was gifted a Nintendo Switch for my birthday. Thank you very much. Hey, you're welcome, man. man so excited so for I you. I finally play the games that you've been playing, like Golf Story. Greatest like game of all time. The thir- 13 happiest hours of my life. Uh, yeah, I wish there was more. I want some DLC on that golf story. There is a side quest coming. (gasps) Is there really for you and me? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant a real one from the creators of golf. No, no, there's yeah. You got excited for more (laughs) golf story. Why would you do that? Don't tease me. No, no, we've got to sit down. We, we will have a conversation. No, we need to. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. If I have to replay it again for that episode, I will. Dang it. All right. So, so let me get you on record talking about how much you hate breath of the wild. (sighs) Ah, it's really frustrating, man. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I started playing Breath of the Wild. I love Zelda. Yeah. Uh, it's my my first memories of video games were watching you play the original Zelda, nineteen eighty whatever, gold cartridge Nintendo, uh, and just playing that sh- top down. I guess it's not straight top down. It's almost three quarter. It's like seven yeah. eighths angles, whatever it is. 
Uh, but the top down, the original Zelda, yeah, and the do 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 do, like going through everything. I mean, I just oh, love yeah. all of those tones. I had finding a treasure tone. It was my one of my original like text tones on my first cell phone. Like it, Zelda is a part of me. I Link is, I guess. Um, Ocarina of Time, top five yeah. game for me. So much of my childhood, and Breath of the Wild is the controls. I find endlessly frustrating and i've probably put in two hours so far so i'm very early in yeah but i can't get used to it and i'm like climbing up things and i keep falling and dying and then i'm loading for two minutes and it's just like brings me back to like playstation games that are like all right put in grand theft auto and load for six minutes or whatever you know just kind of like sit there waiting to play and i feel like not most of but i feel like so much of my two hours has been just like waiting to to die again basically yeah. like waiting to try to climb that thing and hopefully i won't die this time and i know and i've been reading online and stuff that it's they purposefully don't put in tutorials because they don't want the first two hours to be tutorials they want you to explore and it's this huge world and i i haven't even gotten off the original plateau yet so i haven't explored much at all and i'm already overwhelmed with the size of the game and i love that idea but i think and it might just be this stage of life i want a game like golf story that is linear, or at least more linear, right? I guess Golf Story is technically an open world. Yeah. But I want it to be... That's what I want. I want something that seems open world, but really there's like 1.5 paths that I could follow. Even though you want more Golf Story, what you want is that 13-hour game. And I, I would be okay with 70 hours of Golf Story. Right, but now you want it. I think if you were exposed to a 70-hour Golf Story, you'd be like, oh, this is too big. You think so? I don't want it. I, I, it's, 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 I think at this moment, when, I think after when 13 it, hours in, like, uh, I'm into Witcher, right? Yeah. And in Witcher 3, maybe for the first three hours, it's like, this game is so big. Oh my gosh. It's so know. overwhelming. Yeah. And now I just told Megan, you know, I'm 13 hours in. She goes, oh, and, and Megan, my wife, just walked in on, on me playing it and just sat down for like an hour and watched me play it and was like, I love this game. It's a gorgeous. Was, game. Is this the main quest? I was like, no, 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 that's just some guy I found in a farmhouse. I needed to find this guy's like, pigs. By the, by yeah, the lake. Know, but it's amazing. Uh, it turns out that his wife's been cheating on him, and he didn't know. But by finding the pigs, I figured it all out. And by the way, here's his son is the key to the entire mystery. Right? Yeah, you, know, you find all these things. Someone stole this goes, lady's pan. I have to find oh, the pan. That's my favorite. That is my favorite. Okay, so <laughs> she says, "So how long do you have left?" Like worried that she's going to miss out on stuff. I was like, eighty to a hundred hours. Right. And I just had this big grin on her, my face. I was like, I've got. I've got so much more to play. Yeah. I'm, and I'll never touch all of it. No. I could, I'm pretty sure I could play for two or 300 hours. Yes. I think is the vibe I get. But I'll, I think I'll play 80 to 100 and do, you know, a quarter of the side missions and feel yeah. really good about That's it. That's kind of where fun. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, with Breath of the Wild, two things. Um, one, I really look forward to you looking back on this in 50 hours. Okay. And being like, wow, I, this this is like I love Breath of the Wild so much. I can't believe that that I had this reaction because I I think I had that reaction too. I, and real quick, I will just say on, on yeah. back uh, piggybacking off of that, I like two hours ago just got my paraglider. Nice. <laughs> so uh, holding down X changed. will save me a lot of frustration. Yes, the world has changed. I will say the first thing I did though is jump off of that like yeah. castle that he gave it to me in. I was like, yeah. yes, X, and then I fell to my death because I was pressing Y. Yes, I actually think I did the, the same thing. First thing I did was die after. Yeah. That. Anyway, pretty sure I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the second thing is, uh, I told you before. I think the thing that you're doing wrong is not playing it on a, a big screen. I did. Okay. Good. I did and tonight for the first time. I did like for like a half hour or so. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it is more beautiful, but I don't okay. know if controller wise if it made a difference. I found it unplayable on a small screen, and maybe that's my eyes. I didn't enjoy it, and I didn't. Uh, I found myself dying all the time whenever I'd get in a battle. I'd be like, oh, "I can't see what's happening." No, 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 I think it's no. just too early. I'll, I'll play it on the yeah. big screen for the next couple weeks, and then I'll switch, and I'll let you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wow. I'm an idiot. That's why they call it. That. Uh, but I will say, as my third game that I've been playing has yes. been almost as much time as Golf Story: Breath of the Wild. Watching videos of Red Dead Redemption Two uh... trailers and like. Okay, 18 still images were released today. What do we know about this character and this character and side missions here and there? Like it is it was my favorite game of all time is the original Red Dead Redemption. And I played it and beat it the whole thing in a week. It was my, right after grad school. Was, I graduated from grad school, bought Red Dead, and like that's what I did. That was my full-time job for a week. Yep. It, and I'd already got a job too. So it was like my celebratory, like, got a degree, got a job, nothing to do for two months. This is what I'm doing. Uh and so love that game. 
replayed it a couple times and I am so excited for the hype around Dead, Red Dead 2 that it's it's already the, one of the most anticipated games in gaming history. It already has amazing reviews. Everything has been positive. And it's like everything has been like a happy surprise just in the past like yeah. month or two. Everything has been released. So, uh, yeah, I can't get enough of it. Part of me is just like maybe just like turn it off, buy the game, and it comes out October 26th and like play it without like knowing anything. But I like it too much to be able to do that. Yeah. So that's something that next time we record our next episode, I probably will have just started playing that. So, well, I hope you can crank through some uh, Breath of the Wild before that. That's so exactly. Completely I'm, get distracted. I totally want to, yeah, get through as much Breath of the Wild and then, yeah, but not be, at least not leave it frustrated, right? Leave it with right. like, oh, I can't right, wait to right. get back to that in my breaks yes. of Red Dead for sure. Yeah. Completely. What about you, man? Uh, Witcher 3. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. Lot, lots of Witcher 3. Now, I did take a break over the weekend because okay. uh, I it, we were all watching TV. Uh, in-laws were visiting. I couldn't, like, kick everybody out to just play some video games. But oh, you had, like, play. you had in-law football. Yeah. Uh, I could play on, on my Switch, though. And oh, so, there you go. You know, I, uh, I pulled it out, and they've got the 20 NES games. Oh, nice. Dude, I beat Super Mario, the original Super Mario. <sighs> I don't I don't remember ever beating that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I remembered the final level, but I don't think I've played it in literally 30 years. Uh, So it's amazing how much I conflated it with other Mario games. So I was like, oh, yeah, the last level, uh, I'm pretty sure you're on a pirate ship. Nope, that's Super Mario Mario 3. 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's all pretty much that same first level with changing graphics a little bit. And I could see it through my own eyes at age six. I love it. Yeah. And some of the amazing things. So I think it's about the third or fourth level when you're on those tall trees. Uh, which to me were were dazzling, and I remember even a feeling of height of being worried that I was yeah. so far up. I remember some of the feelings. I remember Jeremy, Caroline, and Allison, our older siblings, talking to me during the game, and me being yeah. excited because one time I swam under a jellyfish. Things I haven't remembered in thirty years, and like it, it, it all came back. So I would recommend pulling out Super Mario, playing through it, and just feeling it all start to come back. Uh, if you've got a Switch and you've got uh, Nintendo Online, um, then you've got access to this. Uh, so I, I'd say it's worth checking out. The other thing is uh, I did win the Super Bowl in Tecmo Bowl. So uh, oh. as the Niners, go Niners. Dude, congrats. Was that uh, uh, Steve Young or is that that's Montana probably? Uh, yeah, it's Montana, but it's since it's not Super Tecmo Bowl or Tecmo Super Bowl, it's um, you don't get last names. Or is it just like SF16? Yeah. Okay, yeah. nice. Or yeah. Joe 16 or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's less connection with the players. Also with Tecmo Super Bowl, from what I recall, you actually had stats that you could check and you could see how much you'd racked up. So I remember just like oh, yeah, yeah. really, really wanting to be like, can I get Steve Young to average over 100 yards rushing per game? Dude, awesome. Um, and the answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, but not so much with, with Tecmo Bowl. Tecmo yeah. Bowl is really fun, but yeah, I, I really hope they release Tecmo Super Bowl at some point. I will say on our retro, well, I guess the whole show is retro. <laughs> yeah. What else we've been playing um, is that I, I plugged in NFL Blitz a couple oh. weeks ago in my N64. That's the life, dude. It's it, everything but the graphics hold up completely. It, it, that yeah. is one of the most addictive games I've ever played in my life. That and Tetris are probably one, one and two. Like, I know I need to put this down, but I cannot put this down. Type game. It, the games are so quick. Thirty yard first downs, like. It is so fun, and like the difficulty level is just there that it's never frustrating. It's amazing. Thirty yard first downs, three downs, no punting. Is that you can punt and it's fourth down. You can do fourth okay, down. It, yeah, yeah, you do. But it you is thirty yard first ever. downs. You thirty yard first down. Yeah, yeah, and just everything over the top. Everything over um, the top. You can jump on people after the play and stuff. Yeah, it's it's amazing. There's like the twelve way, uh, plays to choose from or whatever. Speaking of Tetris, um, Doctor Mario holds up. I've not played it. I, it's it's part of the collection. Nice on the Switch. Oh All right. man, I played a lot of Doctor Mario this week. And uh, we played a lot in Phoenix growing up. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I remember it vividly. Good uh, competing times. against our aunt. Good times. Yep, she was very good. Anyway, we got to pick the next game. Jay, what are we playing next month? Uh, we are going to play Unavowed. Ooh. And I have already played the first couple hours. What? Uh, I'm really excited about it. It's really fun. It's a point and click adventure. Ooh, one of them is slow clickers. Yeah, slow clicker. It is so in that um, Ron Gilbert wheelhouse. Nice. Reminds me probably the most of uh, indie. Um, oh, that'd be the the closest approximation. Yeah, uh, I'd say. And it's storyline wise, it's 
uh, probably got some indie themes to it uh, in terms of hokey religions turning out to be true. Nice. Um, but it also is having a lot of fun with itself. Uh, it's It's got some of the humor of the rest of the LucasArts games. How many and hours I, do you think? Uh, I think about 10. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So it's, you, it's a very doable. I know game. we're a couple weeks behind everything that October or September has been weird. October has been a little weird timing wise, but we're going to try to release this, get back on our normal first Friday of the month release schedules. Hopefully we can get this done by the first Friday in November. Yeah. No, I, I cannot wait to talk to you about the opening. Uh, you get like two minutes and then it says, you know, one year earlier. Yeah. And it gives you a flashback. And then you get right back up to the present pretty quickly. So it's not like the entire game is going to get you there. It's, it's within the first 15 minutes. You're right back up to the present. I love it. That twist, when you find out what's happened in the last year, really big. And I, I cannot wait to talk to you about it because I don't remember a point-and-click adventure that, for me, had that kind of emotional impact so early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd, I'd love to talk to you about it. And uh, I'm excited for us to play this game. Nice. I already downloaded it. Um, I'll jump in uh, starting tonight, probably, actually. Sweet. Can't wait. All right, that's all we have for you. Uh, yeah, if you have any any gripes about uh, how we handled any of the topics tonight, feel free to let us know. We love issuing apologies or, or whatever after the fact. Please let us know. We'd love to at least talk to you about it. Uh, you can, yeah, feel free to hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find all the links to that on our website, menoflowmoralfiber.com. Uh, and you can email us directly at molfpod, M-O-L-M-F, pod at gmail.com uh, and if you really love the show you listen to it every month or maybe you know someone that would like to listen to it send it to them uh, and you want to support us more than just listening you can go to patreon.com slash momf m-o-l-m-f uh, and support us financially we would really appreciate that there uh, and I think that's all we have for you as always I have been Ben I will be Jason and I am a mighty pirate and every day I imagine a future where I can be with you in my, my hand is a pen that will write a poem of me and you. The ink down into a dark puddle. Just move your hand right away into his heart.